You're listening to the podcast of Terry Burns. Hey, Pastor Jeff. How are you this afternoon? Good. How are you doing, Pastor Terry? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you enjoying uh, Lockdown 3.0? Lockdown 3.0 is tiring. I got to admit, it is tiring. So, But you know what we did? We, we went out and did something that um, is even more tiring. We went out and got a puppy. Because we figured, oh what better gosh. way to solve a lockdown than get a puppy? <laughs> you got a puppy? We got a puppy. Just brought it home on Saturday. So now there's another animal in the house driving us crazy, yiping all night long. It's like what having kind a new of child. Dog? We what have kind of dog? like a, like an Australian doodle. So oh my gosh, the kids so must cute. be must be in love, eh? They are. They love it. And even Ingrid, Ingrid was, uh, she was like, well, a one done dog. She was like, we're going to get one dog and then we're done. No more pets. And uh, then she caved and she was like, okay, let's get another dog. Uh, we still have our other, we have two dogs now. So oh, we have okay. a 12 year old Labradoodle. And now we have this oh. Australian doodle that's uh, eight weeks old. So that's so occupying sleeping. our time. You're not- are you sleeping at night? <laughs> well, I sleep through it all. Like even when, when, cause you know, I have, we have five biological kids. So <laughs> I slept through every single one of their, their all night long, every night long. I said, she would, Ingrid would have to wake me up to help with the kids. Cause I could sleep through it all. <laughs> so. That's awesome. Yeah. We're our lockdown. Like our like highlight of our day is like, we'll go to Costco, get an ice cream cone. And that's like, hey, let's go get an ice cream cone at Costco. And, uh, you know, we can't go, can't play soccer in the field. So let's just go get some ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah, no, we, we you know, we want to just take a few moments and talk about the last month. It's been a crazy month since Easter. I feel like this, I guess it's been since Easter uh, going on five, six weeks now. I can't remember, but it feels like way longer. But um, we just came through a series on listening like Jesus. And, you know, we'll, we'll get to that in a few moments. But I, 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 I think that the timing of that series was exactly what we, the church, needed. But maybe that'll be a little teaser for what's to come. But, you know, we talked about what does it mean to listen like Jesus. or to, uh, So, you know, Pastor Jeff, I thought, it'd be a fun way to kind of begin this conversation by asking you, you know, what voices like what besides Jesus, obviously that's always the correct answer to every question like this. You know, I grew up in Sunday school. I know how to answer these questions, but besides Jesus being the answer and the Bible, what voices have been uh, the greatest influence in your life as of late? Wow. Um, what voices have been the greatest influence in my life outside of Jesus's voice? Um, I would say, like realistically um there's not there's not a lot of voices that i'm actually trying to even listen to and i'm not trying to say that as a cop-out answer um but i think the voices that i'm listening to that would probably maybe be they're a little bit more pragmatic in saying like let's just take a deep breath and work our way through this so uh i've listened to i've listened to a great podcast um that Carrie Newhoff did with um, Rick Warren. And that was a, it was an excellent listen to just, again, not focus on like the hot button issues of COVID-19 and what's going on, but just like, what is the Jesus response in the midst of it? 
you know, and how does the church show up to a culture that's like grieving so much loss and things like that. And so that was a, that was a great listen to. Um, there's also a group that does something called um, Q ideas and stuff like that. And they always have great content that is, um, that makes you think. So those are probably the two places I've gone. Some, some like things like that, some podcasts like that I've listened to, but most of the voices are less, I'm, I'm not really focused on, um, whatever the latest hot button issue is per se, but more um, like, what does it look like for the church to respond in this season? Those are the voices I'm trying to listen to if uh, and beyond Jesus. But I really think for the most part though, like I'm trying to turn those voices off or like when we were speaking tag team in the other day, um, our message, mute those voices as many voices as we possibly can. I'm just trying to mute them so I can hear Jesus voice more clearly. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, interview with uh, Carrie Newhoff was the Carrie Newhoff leadership podcast. If anybody's wondering, I checked it out too. It's good. It's good stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, it's the voices that have had the greatest influence in my life recently are some of those that uh, I find are the ones that emphasize the basics, you know, and they always emphasize the basics, like the presence of God, prayer, holiness before the pandemic, I find their voice just as kind of shine through uh, people like, I think these are some names that have really influenced just our leadership team at life center, but like John Tyson, uh, Mark Sayers, you know, of course, great, great people, not saying that we agree with every single thing about them, you know, so I'm, I'm not endorsing, uh, you know, our church's position on any sort of doctrine or anything like that, but just two men, two men of God and who are just, emphasize you know the, the the urgency for the church to be the church in a season like this and so i found those voices to be very grounding um because they just continue to emphasize the same thing they regardless of whether they're in a pandemic or not in a pandemic the people of the church is equipped for all seasons right and yeah. uh yeah so i try to be careful too though like as far as like there's so many voices out there to listen to um, knowing which voices are good to listen to for your, like we can talk about like say quote unquote cultural moments that right. are larger that deal with like all of society and everything going on. But then you have to narrow it down and go, what's the Canadian context. And then even from there, it's not just a Canadian context, it's an Ontario context and then an Ottawa or national capital region context and knowing which voices are good to listen to for the, the situation you're in, your cultural moment that you're going through. And sometimes like, um, like I don't disparage like any of our American neighbors whatsoever, but their cultural moment is, is slightly different than ours. There's some, there's some similarities. We're on like maybe the same going in some same directions, but you know, they may be on a freeway and we're on one of the smaller highways that's going in the same direction or something like that, but it's just a slightly different, context and so i'm i'm probably trying to be really careful as far as like what voices can actually speak to the context that i actually live in versus like they're speaking to a context that um that i'm not living in and so i'm just trying to be careful as far as even listening to those voices that i don't get the wrong i don't, I don't start talking about or listening to something getting riled up about something that isn't even applicable to what i'm going through or any of the people that are in my life are going through yeah, and that's why I found, you know, to uh, pump up our lead pastor, like Pastor Jason's voice in this season has been a tremendous value. And I'm sure everybody who's listening to this would agree. 
And Hopefully I know he we, is too, right? <laughs> I know we, uh, he's not here to defend himself, but I know as a leadership team, like behind the scenes, the, the conversations that, you know, not everybody's privy to, like he is, it's the same messaging behind the scenes that it is in public. And it's, I have found through this season where he has been, his voice has been such an anchor pointing at like this, the heart of like, be more like Jesus this, this whole series, it really, you know, it really is in his heart. And so when you talk about a Canadian, Ontario, Ottawa specific voice, just take a moment just to give a shout out to our lead pastor because he's awesome and deserve deserving of honor, deserving of, uh, yeah, just recognition. Um, but, you know, we when we came to Easter and realized that we were not going to be able to have Easter together, uh I noticed, I don't know if you noticed this, but, you know, because it's the third lockdown, this was the noisiest of the three lockdowns in terms of just like the conversations, the disagreement between people, just the volume seemed to be, and it, and I, we know that obviously it coincides with some of like the measures that felt a little bit heavier, like the golfers can't golf right now and you things like that, where it's like, you know, kids were not allowed to play on the playground for a day. <laughs> um, but it coincided perfectly with our new series on listening. And I just thought to myself, well, how timely and needed is that? And I really think that that has been this entire year that it seems like this year where we're going through this season, like it's not like we've ever gone through this before. We're just like the sermons have lined up so well and timely with that specific contextual moment we're in. But I find this moment to go through a series on listening has been exactly what we, the church, needed to hear. And I'll start with myself first, right? Like listening to Jesus and like you emphasized here and also during our sermon, like Jesus first, like Jesus, if safe to say Jesus only, like in terms of the direction of our lives and, and how we respond in a moment like this. But would you agree that like this is our time where it's really hard for us to listen like we're really like or would you say that like maybe you wouldn't say that but do you think people are struggling to listen right now um well i do you know what it's like i don't know if we ever really like i guess yeah i let me just backtrack that up there's times in our lives where, where we all find it hard to listen because the voice in our own head in our own desire of what we want is really loud and and then I think that's where the challenge lies in this season is that like we start, we're always listening, but we're, it's like, what are we listening for? And I think often in these seasons, it's really hard not to listen for voices that just affirm what we already believe and what we already think. And it's like, an, it creates an echo chamber. We're just listening and we're, we're, we're trying to hear voices that say, that validate our position versus potentially challenge it or, you know, requires to, in some humility, see where we stand on the issue and, and figure out whether or not where we stand is actually accurate. And so do people have a hard time listening? Um, probably not. But then there's the difference of, do people have a hard time hearing? And I think that's something totally different. Like, did you just hear what I said? Like, I don't know how many times I've said that to my kids, you know, like, we listened to me. Yes. To me. Did you hear what you're like? <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear what I said though? Right. And then, you know, like they can't actually like 
they missed it. Right. And so I think do we, it's, you know, like to borrow the language of the Bible, right. Those who have an ear to hear. Right. And it's like, it's not just about listening, you know, it's about hearing what God is saying. It's about hearing the spirit in these moments, um, in the midst of all the other voices. So we're all listening. It's just a matter of like, maybe what right. we're listening to and what we're listening to for and i think that's probably maybe the challenge is what are you actually listening for in these in these moments not like who are you listening to um, especially within a faith community i'm sure i'm praying that people have got their bibles open and their their hearts open to god but it's like what are you listening for because that's going to dictate a lot of what actually makes it through all the noise and into your heart yeah i think we all have a capacity for like listening and whether that's like two, three, four, five voices, like we're like you said, I think we're always listening, but we can fill that that number up pretty quickly, right? And then realize that God, His Word, His Spirit is not even in that number. And so, I think we really quickly can just like because of the amount of volume and information that we have access to, like we all have like you know whether it's social media or like YouTube or just the news, like you can really, really quickly fill that quote up before you know it in a day. And I know one of the things I've been a personal struggle for me is like choosing to make the first voice of my day be God and not like my phone or, um, you know, trying to set the price, set his voice as like the anchor for my day rather than just wake up and just what's going on in the world today. Um, so yeah, you know, like Jesus, when it comes to listening at first, I was like, okay, listen like Jesus. Like, well, Jesus doesn't say my first thought was like, he doesn't say a whole lot about listening. But then I, the more that I thought about it, I'm like, like you just mentioned, he, he was here to hear, let him hear. Jesus actually has quite a lot to say about listening. In fact, you know, he is known um, like he's often known for what he said, but Jesus says, I only, I only speak what I hear my father saying to me. And, there's not a lot of throwaway, throwaway words that Jesus says. Most of what Jesus says is <laughs> been spoken to him by the father or he is quoting God's word, which, you know, is hearing God's voice. Yes. Yeah. I think it's, that's, and that's huge. Like when we, if we like step back and say like, again, like our overarching series, more like Jesus. And then this specific focus is how do we listen to be more like Jesus. And in that is, is both like, how do we listen to Jesus and listen like Jesus, right? How, and how do we do that? And in the middle of that is the idea of like, well, like, what did Jesus do? Like to listen to Jesus means to listen like Jesus. Cause Jesus said, if you see me, you see the father. If you hear yeah. me, you hear the father. And, you know, if we really want to like fully be more like Jesus. It's that both end of listen like him and listen to him. And that really puts us in the position to, to actually like grasp what God is saying. But like I said, it, it comes with the idea of like, what are you listening for? You know? And I think that's really where it comes down to, because people, if you already presuppose what the answer should be, that's what you're going to hear. So, yeah, that's good. Step one to listen like Jesus, listen to Jesus. <laughs> and then if you listen to Jesus, you are listening like Jesus. Like Jesus. <laughs> Bang, just saved everybody a Bang. month's worth of sermons in one statement. Solving all of our problems. 
through one podcast. I love it. But that, you know, that gets me to the, my next thought. And that is, you know, the availability of God's word, <laughs> uh, but our struggle to hear the voice of God. And I don't know if you yeah. hear this, one of the, probably one of the most, most like the most common uh, questions I'm asked as a pastor is like, how do I hear God's voice or, or a desire? It's like, I want to hear God speak, but I struggle to know, is this God? And you know, what we're really wanting is a personal word. And I don't think that's wrong by any means to hear God because God does speak to us personally. But I think sometimes I'm just going to go out there and say it. We want a personal word at an expense of the providential word, which is found in God's, you know, in the Bible. You know, we want to hear God speak personally rather than he's God's like, you want a word, just open up my word and uh, re read it. And uh, so, you know, how do we, why do we do that? What, do you have any thoughts on that? I think part of it is like, like I think from my own experience, like there's different times where there's more significance in the weight of what we're working through, you know, and you may look to God's written word and go like, I can't find in here whether it says to take the vaccine or not. You know, I can't, yeah. like, it doesn't say directly COVID-19 vaccine is safe for me. I should go ahead and do it or stay away from it. You know, I can't find that answer. I need, I need a personal word of God because the providential word of God, you know, I don't know if I can find it there, you know? And so it's like, I think there's times like that. I can think of like in your life, you know, it's like, oh, should, you know, like uh, you came from BC to uh, Ottawa. Like that's a big move. You know, you want to hear God's voice when you pick yeah. your family up and move across the country. Or like, there's so many times where we're looking for something maybe more personal from God that can't be quite found in a providential word of God. And then I think what we do is we try to, we take those moments where we're looking for something bigger. We, we may need a little bit more um, of the Holy Spirit direction for big steps in our life. And then we start going like, I need that like all of the time. I need, I need the spirit to download like what I'm eating for breakfast. And I need the spirit to download what I'm, you know, like, like, should I wear matching socks or should I just pick out the first two socks that I find in my drawer? You know, what do I need? Like, how do I do everything? You know? And I feel, I definitely feel that tension with people because there's a side of me. that's like, man, I just want to be so close to Jesus that every decision I make is exactly what he wanted me to right. do, you know? But there's, it's just how do you get to that place? I think is, is where the challenge lies is like the proximity to Jesus to know what to do in every situation. Does it come from, you know, going, Oh, wait, wait a minute. Okay. I, I just got my download from Jesus and what I'm supposed to do. Or does it come from, you know, like the relationship side of Jesus of, of the, the connection with him where his providential word just like flows into a personal lifestyle of knowing what to do. But I think we definitely do. I totally agree. We, we look for God to like give us the download on like what to do on everything, you know, whether, and it's whether we're seeking this, I don't know. I don't know what you think. Maybe if we're, we're just seeking that, like that external, like, just tell me what to do, guide me, you know, like show me what to do. And like, so I, I don't have to carry the burden of that responsibility sometimes, you know, I don't have to worry about what I need to do because you're just going to download it and tell me, and I can just, I can, I don't have to worry about it. And I don't think God wants us to live where, you know, we're not robots. We don't just like, he's not control. He doesn't have a remote control in his hand, just making us go wherever we need to go. You know, he wants to like 
give us authority, give us space, give us the ability to like, like work through these things and, you know, gain the mind of Christ rather than just go like, I don't know. I'm just waiting for Jesus to tell me. What do you think? Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm going to keep talking. My kid just opened my door. I almost had that YouTube, you know, that moment where the, uh, yeah. The guy was talking on the news and the kids come bursting. Yeah, the in. news and his kid comes in and then his wife my, comes in and <laughs> it's my favorite uh YouTube it's my favorite video of all time. Yeah. Um, and you yeah, remember how even on that before I know I'm tangent here, but even on that video, right? How people like see what they want to see. Because I remember yeah. when that video hit, everybody was like, he has he has a nanny from yeah. you know whatever country, and she's coming in, crawling on the floor, picking up his girl and bringing it back. They just made mass assumptions about what was going on in this scenario. It was his wife, you know, like it was, it was, it was his wife. His wife and I th- wasn't, yeah. she was accused of being too rough on the people were making assessments about her being too rough on the kids, and totally. I, the poor lady was just in the bathroom, you know, <laughs> and the kids come busting in, and I. Yeah. It's one of the most legendary moments in all. I of only brought that history. up. I only brought that up just to say, like, again, we see what we want to yeah. see, you know, and we hear what we want to hear rather than like figuring out what's actually going on. But I, again, I'd love to hear your thoughts on like that personal hearing. from. Yeah. Well, I remember when I'm younger in my faith, you know, when I would sit down to read my Bible, I would just kind of like, where do I have a Bible here? Or I'd be like, you know what I mean? And like, you put my finger mine's down. Bigger. Mine's bigger, by the way. Just see. <laughs> oh, this is only the book of Psalms. This is just, oh, this is just the book. You of know, Psalms. there's a lot more books. You know, there's a lot more books in the Bible than that, right? <laughs> I just put my <laughs> finger on a page, and I'm like, "This is the word that God wants to say to me." And sometimes it would. I love hit. those. I love that joke. I love that joke where it's like you know, he does it. You ever heard the one where the guy says like, I, "I'm just going to trust God." And he puts his he puts his uh, hand on the Bible, and it, it's on the verse where where uh, like Judas goes out and hangs himself, <laughs> and then he does it again. He's like, "Okay, whatever." And then he put the next finger. He points it on it. It says, "And Jesus said, go and do likewise." <laughs> it's like, listen, like, what are you actually leaving? You're leaving it to chance, random chance that like you can just play Russian roulette with, with scripture and, and God's word. Do you, in do you know the uh, comedian Tim, Haw- Tim Hawkins? Yes. He's like one of my favorites, like just all time Christian comedian guy. And he tells a story. I'm sure it's a fake bit, but it was so funny about how, you know, people would come up and ask him to sign his Bible. And he never, have you heard the story where he never knew, no. you know, caught in a moment, he didn't know what scripture to write. So he just put some Psalm in and then he got home and he was thinking like, what Psalm was like, what did I give her? And it's, I forget the Psalm, but it's like, lo, I have a painful disease in my loins. And <laughs> It's a totally inappropriate thing to be like, hey, I got a verse for you. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I think one of the signs of a maturing faith is when we don't always need to have those personal words. Like, so that's kind of the, where I wanted to go with that was we start out, one of the signs early on in our faith, I think God gives us those signs or he speaks that like selective voice that we need. We need to hear God give us speak. It is like, when it comes to a move or a, a job or a relationship, it's like God will often give us that confirmation. And I've had to work this through people who have some big decisions to face. And they're like, I'm just not hearing God's voice. And I'm often, I, 
I often wonder, like, is it a sign of maturity when we can trust God and know what his word says without needing to hear that, like, specific download come on to us? Like, just knowing you're in God's will, knowing what God says about things like relationships and all that. And I don't have, there's no, like, scriptural evidence to back that up, I don't think. Like, that's just my sort of thought on it, that I think that as we grow in the Lord, he wants us to lean less on those type of Gideon moments where, you know, Gideon is like, fleece. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like it's there. Not that that's wrong. I think that's, you know, as our faith develops, we shouldn't, some of us want to stay like Gideon for our whole lives. And like, yeah. I'm going to put a sweater out and if it's, you know, yeah. well, I think uh, like if we get theological with people for a minute and start going into that, that would be something that in like, if you see it once in the Bible, right. You And you don't see it like a number of times you can't make a one-off in the Bible normative, right? <laughs> Gideon, he puts out a piece of sheepskin on the ground and says, if it's wet and the ground is dry, I know it's you, God. And then the next night, if it's dry and the ground is wet, I know it's you, God. So we're good to go. You know, that happens one time in scripture. And so you can't make that the normative way that God answers prayer or God interacts with you because it's a one-off. What we do though is look at what's the normative response of God in situations. People pray, you know, they consult God's word and see what aligns with God's word. And then they act, you know, and they allow that, the pro that process to play out over and over again in their lives. And as they allow that process to continue in their lives, God says, you know, like they go like, I understand the character and nature of God. You know, if we were to put that towards like, say a more modern scenario, somebody wants to, um, whatever, they're, they're trying to figure out whether or not somebody they're dating or something like that is good for them to date. Should I, should I be dating this person? Should I marry this person? Like, I need to hear from God, whether they're the one or this is right or whatever, you know? And there's so many times where I just like back that up and go like, okay, do you know what a godly relationship looks like? Do you understand? And can you look in the Bible and understand what a godly relationship looks like? You know, and can you start checking off the boxes of what a godly relationship looks like with the relationship you're in, you know, mm -hmm. and if it does, then this person could be a suitable match for you. If this isn't a godly relationship, he doesn't have the markers and the things that are needed to be a godly relationship, then I think you may have your answer, you know, like, or you, there's work to be done in order to, for it to be a relationship that could qualify as God saying this is a person for you. So I think there's lots of things that we do like that, where we kind of jump the gun and say, God, I just want this direct answer without actually wanting to see if it actually lines up with scripture. And so this leads to my, sorry, I'm, I'm like dominating you here right now. This no, is second, like quote unquote, theological thing is that I always look at it and say, there's two types of will that God has for us, his perfect will. And then kind of like we were saying already providential will. And the mm -hmm. providential will is like, it's like, you can go in this direction. You know, like if you're living like holy before God, doing what God wants you to do, there's lots of options in front of you that are, God's okay with. You know, you want career A, B, C, or D, doesn't matter which one you pick because in any one of those careers, God is going to use you in those environments for his glory. So just take your pick. And then there's other moments in life where God's going to be like, I need you, Terry, to go and do this. 
Like we read about yeah. Paul. I wanted to go to all these different cities, like in Apostle Paul in the New Testament. He wanted to go to all these different cities and spread the gospel and visit these people. And he made plans to go one way. And then God was like, no, nah, you're not going that way. I'm sending you to another city. And even if you resist me, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get you there. And I'm going to like, I'm going to talk to somebody. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to direct you where I need you to go. And I'm going to, I'm going to make it obvious. And so that would be more the perfect will of God. But I think we confuse it and we want to go perfect will of God all the time yeah. rather than being like, no, no, you got choice. Just stay in God's good will and, and his, his providential will. You're fine. And then for the perfect will stuff, trust God to make known the path that you need to take in those moments. But it's not going to be every single moment. It reminds me of a story when I was in um, when I was a youth pastor in Abbotsford. So the, our Bible school is out there in Abbotsford. So as a youth pastor, I get a lot of students would come in to do their like ministry internship with me. Uh, and so I had a big volunteer team of just like Bible college students and oftentimes when they wanted to like quit or like go somewhere else, they would like pull the God card. Like they'd be like, God, God spoke to me and wants me to go somewhere else. And I would, always, <laughs> I'd always be like, Oh, did he like, you know, like, okay. Like, did he really say that? Are you sure? Uh, but you know, I, th the, the point I think I'm referring to is like, we often privatize God's voice too. So it's like, God spoke to me and nobody else can like disagree because God, that's why we, you know, we desire personal word is like, my word is so personal. It's about, it's the privatization of my faith where I think when it comes to listening, we don't value as much as we should like listening together in community. So like when I would teach the book of acts and one of the word, one of the things I talk about is like, how do you know if a prophetic word in the church is of God? right? We've well, had those moments where somebody gets a prophetic word and you're like, is that from God? And it's really important for the church to be listening and discerning. And I'd often talk about the importance of putting that prophetic word, that personal word on a, on a balancing scale. And on one side of the scale is God's word, like his providential word, written word. And the other side is the community. And, you know, I would say, is that prophetic word true biblically? Like, does it line up biblically? If, if there's any errors biblically, then it is not of God because God's personal word never trumps his written word ever. Like the spirit does not contradict the written word of God. The, the spirit inspired God's word. And, and then the other side, though, is community. And that is that I think it's important that the community discerns together whether that is a word from if it doesn't have anything to do with Bible, like let's do vaccine. Somebody says like, hear ye, hear ye, church. Nobody should go get the vaccine. I think the role of the community and the leaders and the elders, like that should come into play. And we should submit when we think God's spoken to us or when somebody has spoken like to the greater community and the elders. And, but because we're such an individualized society here in Canada and the West, you know, we, uh, we have a hard time like submitting God's voice to the community, to allow the community to discern with us whether we are hearing from God. And so it's like when the Bible college student says, God spoke to me, uh, that I, well, what if I, as a pure pastor want to, you know, disagree or like, like, can we like flesh this out? No, you can't like God spoke to me. Like it's, you're wrong. Like you, but I think that's, you know, just, I, I know I'm repeating myself now, but it's just, you know, the, the role of the community is a really important 
part. And I think there is a responsibility for us as Christians to in, in community to discern what, if God's voice and to listen, not just individually, but to listen collectively. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah. Well, I think a, a key part of that is like one of the words you said there was submission, you know, like how do we as a community submit to the word of God, right? The providential word of God, that's for all people uh, from, uh, for all time, right? Not just for, you know, not like what, you know, some people say a rhema word for right now, right here, like, but like all people, all time, like what, what, how do we submit to that so that it like is it, it's what we like make or break. That's what we go by. And then when, like you said, prophetic words come, like they have to, they have to align with that. And, but it comes with submission because then like the person who prophesies needs to submit their word to be tested by the providential word of God. They need to submit their word to the body of Christ right under the headship of Christ. They need to submit that to the whole body of Christ to be evaluated on the, the word of, of God. And I think that's the challenge. I think it's a challenge for us as individuals, no matter the, your position within the body of Christ, it's a challenge for you and I as leaders, like how do we hold our responsibility in humility and lightly, but also in a position where we can be challenged and we can be, you know, corrected and, and we don't allow our voices to become some authoritarian voice in the community, but it, that we can, we can be held to that same standard of like what we say needs to, even if it's not said quote unquote prophetically, uh, it still can be held to that same providential word of God and say, is what they're teaching lining up with God's word? And when it's not like we're fully repentant of anything that we say, or, you know, ask of people that doesn't line up to God's word, but that all comes out of submission, you know, a mutual submission to each other and to the headship of Christ and his word. And I think that's huge in our culture. Now, the idea of submitting, you know, we don't like, half of our culture doesn't want to submit to wearing masks or not wearing masks or to whatever, like the idea of submission in our culture uh, is huge, which is why you, like you said, that personal word, the word for me, because that means I don't have to submit to anybody else because it was mine in mine trumps yours. So like, it's huge. So from a gospel perspective and a faith perspective, like really learning how to hold on to that idea of submission. Um, it's huge for listening, right? Cause it says I need to submit and come under in this moment so that any other voices and any other ideas in my head or my heart are like put down so I can actually hear and give space to what God's word, whether it's, you know, his personal or providential word can actually, you know, be rooted and grounded into me. So that to me, like, that's one word that stood out. So submission, huge. Because if we don't submit and we really feel like what we're hearing from God is the way or the only way, like we're just going to go down the road to another church or another community that's going to satisfy our answer or what we're hearing and, you know, not to say that there are moments where that's, like, needed. Maybe, you know, maybe you are in a place where the right thing to do is to go, right? If something is being, treat, you know, preached that's not biblical or just circumstance does lead people to different communities. But generally speaking, if you are leaving a community because just because you don't want to submit and, you know, you think you're hearing from God and the and community, it's just you're having a hard time submitting to them. 
you're just gonna we're just gonna move people around into like communities that just say what we want to say and then we just have echo chambers where you know then we become no more different than the world essentially like if we're just as christians like we're supposed to be different as christians the that is why i believe that the church is one of the greatest hopes for this moment that's like overcoming our you know polarization as you and i shared on our division like the church, I, that's why I'm not so worried about this moment because we live in a community in the church, in the body that is Jew and Gentile, slave and free, you know, rich and poor, young and old, male and female, like you name it, every ethnicity, tribe, nation, language, tongue is represented in the body. And that is like, that is the greatest honor in my mind of what it is to be the church is to have that diversity and that's, you know, it's not, we're diverse, which brings a diversity of thought and opinion, but it always lines up and submits itself to the authority of Christ. And that is the most beautiful thing about the church. Um, so, yeah. you know, I don't want to have a diverse it, it, church, but not be diverse. Like we're only uniform in our own opinion. That is contrary yeah. to the Bible. Like, or, or yeah, it could, like we don't want, there's, you don't want a homogenous church where every, you know, tongue, creed, ethnicity, cultural background, or whatever is silenced or yeah. um, whatever into the dominant culture of the community, whichever one that is, you're not looking for that. What we're looking for, but from scripture is that like, like that scripture you quoted is that like, like there is no, you know, identifying yourself as those things before you identify yourself as uh, it being in Christ, that you identify yourself in Christ before all those things. And, and so you don't come to the table, like, like using that identifier and as that, that personal marker and that whatever, before you uh, come to the table as being in Christ. And I think that's, that's the challenge in our culture. And that's where we want that diversity and like everything to be a part of what we are with Christ first. And then we bring in our uniquenesses from ethnicities and uh, cultural backgrounds and um, ways of thinking, whether, you know, rich and poor and genders and everything all comes into the mix after we come to the table in Christ. Yeah. And I think the that's a huge is, thing. Cause yeah. that's where, that's where it's, it, it switches, you know, that's why Jesus can sit at the table with tax collectors and, you know, um, people who have, you know, unreputable backgrounds is because he's saying, listen, it doesn't matter where you come from when you're coming to the table. It matters that when you come to the table, you're coming to the table in Christ, you know, and they were coming seeking a Messiah in those moments and leaving transformed by the Messiah rather than like, say, as a Pharisee coming to the table and being like, no, no, put me at the head of the table because I'm a Pharisee. Then I'm a person questioning Jesus versus, you know, I'm just coming to meet with Jesus because he's different. Pharisee, tax collector, doesn't matter. Let's all just sit at the table and learn from them. And I think that's that's like a, a posture. Again, that if to use our, our metaphor that we're talking about, listen. How do you listen? How do you have that posture of listening when you come to the table with that other identifier first right. and saying it has to be come, it has to come to me through this lens before any other lens? And that's where we have to take it off and say. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna have it come through the lens of Christ, the lens of the gospel, the lens of God's word first, and then I can put in these other markers to help me figure it out in my my cultural context. Yeah. So that can be huge. 
Yeah. Well, Pastor Jeff, I know you and I, we could talk for forever. And uh, I really enjoy talking to you too. So, but I, you know, for the sake of time, we should wrap it up. You know, I wanted just to, uh, you know, close with just one question. And that is, you know, what would be your pastoral encouragement to someone right now who is struggling to listen like Jesus in this current moment, whether that's a specific word, as we kind of talked about earlier, or whether just the noise of this culture and they're getting drowned out by the noise, by the division, what would you say to someone right now who's struggling in a moment like that? For sure. Like the, uh, the, my encouragement to anybody who's struggling to hear Jesus is um, it's not going to be anything profound. It's, it's going to be like mute the other voices. Yeah. If you're struggling to hear Jesus, then you need yeah. to like, you need to cut out the other voices. Um, like, because usually I know what happens in my life is when I find it harder to hear God's voice in the midst of everything else, it's because I've walked too far away from him because he never speaks loudly. He never screams at me, right. you know, what to do and yells at me what to do. It's, it's, you know, it's always a whispering because it means I need to lean in closer to yeah. hear him. Right. It's always a quiet voice that says, you know, you need to be close to me to hear me and to follow me. And so for me, it's, it's mute those voices or in that type of analogy is like get closer to Jesus and they spend more time in his word than you spend in any other book or any other like uh, news or media type of um, format, whatever you're, you're taking in, make sure you're taking in more of God in his word than anything else, because to hear his voice inside, like we talked about, like the personal providential word, if you want that personal word, and one that aligns with God's word, you need to know God's word because if you don't know God's word, you won't recognize his personal word because it never contradicts his providential word. And so it's going to echo what his providential word says, but you can only hear that when you're close enough to him to hear it. And you've read, you've read through the Bible. And again, it doesn't mean heart strong is great. It's an awesome way to dive in and get deeper. Um, but just read your Bible. Even if it's like I'm reading a ton of it, I'm reading a ton of it, and I'm not like necessarily just soaking in verse by verse heavy meditation on each line, but just mm -hmm. know it, allow it to get into you so that like the Holy Spirit can bring those verses to mind and, and like have you recognize what God's voice sounds like. So for me, it's like there was um, uh, a CD I used to listen to back in the day when we used to listen to CDs. There's one uh, put out by... Uh, master's commission, which is like a discipleship program down in the States. And one of the songs always had this line. It said, it started with uh, the line that said, come walk with me and speak to my heart. And that line always like got me. And this, this idea of like God calling us to come and walk with him, you know, and like, and, and we want to be with him so he can speak to our hearts. So that's what I would, that's my advice and encouragement is like, you can do this. You can hear God's voice. He'll speak to anyone and everyone who will stop long enough to listen. I thought you were going to refer, like mention a delirious CD. Didn't like everyone own a delirious CD back in the day? The King of Fools, right? <laughs> yeah, Pastor Jeff, you know, my thought was exactly along your lines. And uh, it's to say it's similar. It's just to take inventory of the amount of voices you are allowing to come into your ears and, and more specifically your heart. You know, if I could relate it to a uh, brow, like your computer browser 
And you know, when you have like all the tabs open, like when I'm doing a school paper, I've got like 20, you know, tabs open. And the most refreshing thing at the end of that paper is to like close all the tabs all and the just tabs. like <laughs> clean it out. And like, I think a lot of us are living like that, right? With like 20 tabs open in our browser. Yeah. Everybody's just, the noise is coming in. And like we mentioned earlier, like your, your ears, your heart only has so much capacity. It's only, so it's going to let in what it lets in. And, but we have the ability to kind of prioritize what voices we can let in or not let into our heart. And, you know, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so we have to guard our heart from, from it, you know, springs life. And so, yeah, just, Guard your heart and uh, take inventory of what's coming into your heart and let God's word be the the guiding, anchoring, prioritized word that comes into your heart. And then all else kind of will filter in and spirit will filter out what it needs to filter out. So that's a good word. Cool. Well, man, it was awesome to spend uh, these last few minutes with you. And we will see you again. Well, I know I'll see you again before this, but we'll be back here at the end of our next series on leading like Jesus kind of wrap up the entire year. And uh, we'll be back again at the end of uh, June to uh, recap that series. So awesome. All right. See you, man. See you.